Hi, this is Sarah O'Connell Clater. And this is Jonah Trebowasser. And welcome to Radio Rotary, sponsored by local Rotarians, your friends dedicated to service. Each week we chat with your neighbors about great things happening in your community and around the world. People sharing ways to improve your life. And Jonah, today we're very happy to be welcoming our good friend, Andrew O'Grady, who is the CEO of MHA, or Mental Health America of Dutchess County. And Andrew, um, welcome to this edition of Radio Rotary. We'd like to have you on to kind of check in, see what's new and happening, um, and, and just to help spread the word of all the things that you do for our community to improve and help people. Um, but I think that theme of this show today, Jonah, is that we're doing a check-in or a check-up. Yes, and we're also going to talk about a new concept called mental health first aid. So, Andrew, welcome back to Radio Rotary. Always a pleasure to see you. It's not far. It's first aid. Mental Mental health first aid. Mental health first aid. Okay. Before we get into the mental health first aid, tell folks what uh, Mental Health America of Dutchess County uh, does uh, to make life better here in Dutchess and the entire Hudson Valley. Sure. We're a not-for-profit in Dutchess County. Uh, we've we've continually grown over the last 12 years. Uh, we we now provide uh, services to over 6,000 people a year. Uh, we You hear mental health and um, you might think that, you know, we're the uh, clinic providers. We're doing the therapy and the psychiatry. And the reality is we do very little of that. We do have a psychiatrist in Beacon at our date program that we have, but the majority of the services that we provide are community-based services in which we work with people where they are, at their homes, in their homes. We support them in that way. They come and visit us every once in a while, but it's not a therapy session. It's more of a ancillary support to treatment. And um, and a lot of our clients appreciate that. I've always felt that that was uh, a, a more productive use of time. I'm not minimizing therapy or psychiatry. I think it's very important and it's a, it's one part of uh, the tool bag to help people help uh, themselves. But um, I, the support that we offer at the various levels of uh of um, services that we offer are are not clinical in in that sense. Tonight we have a uh, tonight we have a, a, um, a parenting uh, support group. We have a bipolar support group. These are people running these classes and groups that um, that uh, have experienced uh, things themselves. So it's more of a peer support. We have veterans peer services. We have uh, a mobile crisis team that goes out and meets people where they are in crisis. Uh, we just went out and, and dealt with a terrible tragedy out in uh, in Weebatuck where a young high school boy drowned, and we oh, were yeah. we were there to help the family. Yeah, yeah, I have to say that's my neck of the woods, and people are pretty rocked back about it. it was yeah. two kids involved, and one didn't make it. So just to circle back, these are. Do you, would you say it's less formal than the traditional? structure of how therapy works where somebody seeks a therapist out or it's recommended to you do you find that this is more approachable um to people that may need all the supports that you just listed 
I mean, how did it evolve? And my sec- my follow up, Andrew, is how did it evolve this way? Well, there was there's always been community supports. It came from the deinstitutional deinstitutionalization of the mental health hospitals, and when they did that, they had to increase this community support system. So care management was the first thing. Case management, where they assign somebody to each client and help them with literally everything they need to get through life. Um, and then programs just uh, evolved, and more and more programs are funded that we're out in the community and working with people. And so is it less formal? Sure. We drive the clients around. We we bring them various places. Um, we meet them in their apartments. We make sure when they're when we're meeting with them that they're able to function appropriately within the apartment, that they're they're paying their rent on time, that they're they have uh, substantial food in the house, that they have what they need medication wise, that they're living independently. And we and so that level of support is a lot different than if somebody went to a psychiatric psychiatric uh, facility and sat down with the doctor for 20 minutes or sat down with the therapist. The therapist has no idea how things are going out there in the real world unless uh, unless they tell them the actual truth. And many times people don't share that they, you know, their medication is spilled all over the uh, the counter or their house is a mess or they're hoarding or so the the the, in, the, the, the services that we provide um, see that stuff and get ahead of it and and help people live independently in the community. Now, Andrew, you mentioned the deinstitutionalization of the mentally ill. And here in Dutchess County, we used to have two major facilities, the Hudson River Psychiatric Center and the Harlem Valley Psychiatric Center in Wingdale. And, you know, during this deinstitutionalization, many of these folks who had severe mental illnesses were were uh, given a, a 30-day supply of, of uh, their medication. And then after that, they ended up homeless, sleeping on grates or getting themselves into uh, trouble with the criminal law. The late Butch Anderson, our county sheriff, once told uh, a, a, a breakfast meeting I was at that fully one-third to one-half of his inmates at the county jail were mentally ill, had a mental illness diagnosis. Is this something that you found? And what, what's the what's the cure for that? Yeah, if you really want to uh, talk the history, I'll, I'll do it really quick. What happened is what you just said. Uh, and then what happened was... Um, the state started watering down the services that were in the community little by little. And so people ended up in jail and in prison. So the prisons and jails were filled with people that had mental health issues. I don't think they should have been in prison or jail. I don't think that's the right place for them, but they also had a place to live at that time. And it's not the where you want to be, but um, it was a roof over their head and they were managed, let's say. Um, then bail reform happened and everybody was let out of jail for minor crimes in prison. And now you see an influx of people that you see more homeless in the street. You see more people sleeping in ATM vestibules. You see more people. People, um, not managed well in the community. And mm-hmm. there was this big push to, you know, people should be allowed to, um, you know, live the way they choose to live. Well, I would make the argument that many of these people are not in their right mind and cannot make that decision. They believe it because it's part of their illness that they are fine and they don't need help, but they do. And so now you're seeing a, um, now you're seeing a better, um, attention being given to those individuals. And I think there's going to be, it's going to take years because it takes years for the state to do anything, but uh, it's going to take years. Your agency agency is addressing a lot of this, Jonah. Doing our best with what we're given. Andrew, you make an important point uh, about mental illness. You know, when my hip acts up, I go to the orthopedist. Uh, You know, if if you have a tummy ache, you, you may go see your regular doctor, but with a mental illness, your mind will, very often will not allow you to understand that your 
you have a problem, it's everybody else is the problem. Yes. You're perfectly fine. Yeah. Is that what you found in your in your professional career that people it's, just uh, don't accept they have a mental illness? Well, it's that and uh, it's projection. You know, that's a standard defense mechanism projected on other people that that they have the problem. It's not easy for you to accept it because I think it's because of the stigma. You know, if I have a gallbladder issue and the doctor tells me that I don't right. mind telling a few of my friends that I have a gallbladder problem and I have to go for surgery. But, you know, if a doctor tells you you're depressed or you're, you know, you're not you're bipolar or whatever, you're not really going to, you know, broadcast yeah. And we're going to find out more about the great work of Mental Health America of Dutchess County from our terrific guest, Andrew O'Grady, especially the concept of mental health first aid. After Sarah O'Connell Clater tells us who sponsors Radio Rotary this week. Well, Jonah and Andrew, Radio Rotary is sponsored by Salisbury Bank, Third Eye Associates, Norman Staffing, and by the featured Rotary Clubs of Brewster Carmel Goshen, Highland Hyde Park, Kingston Liberty, Millbrook Nanuet, Greater Newburgh, and New City, New York. We'll be back with more of Radio Rotary right after these important messages, so stay tuned. Are there wedding bells in your future? Hi, this is Rotarian Cindy Kish. Hutton Harvest is a full-service catering company covering the Hudson Valley, Connecticut, the Berkshires, New York City, and beyond. Although we specialize in wedding celebrations, we are also available for all of your special occasions. We recently opened Hutton Harvest Provisions, a place where you can purchase our handmade products, prepared meals and desserts, as well as specialty grocery items. We are conveniently located in the village of Millbrook at 18 Washington Avenue. Contact us today at Provision provisions.hunt.harvest at gmail.com. That's provisions.hunt.harvest at gmail.com. Don't let mental health stigma keep you from living your best life. This is Andrew O'Grady from MHA of Dutchess County, and there is help. Did you know that 25% of the population deal with anxiety or depression? That's a lot of people. You're not alone. If you have the flu, you would call your doctor. Let's start doing the same when it comes to your mental health. It's time to get on the path to mental wellness. Contact Mental Health America of Dutchess County at 845-473-2500. Let us help you live your best life. You're listening to 92.9 and 96.5 WBPM. And there's more of this week's Radio Rotary Show coming up. Hi, this is Tony Marmo from Norman Staffing, and we've been bringing together employers and job seekers since 1980. If you're an employer and have job vacancies, let Norman Staffing help fill them with permanent or temporary workers. We screen, interview, and recommend the best candidates for your company. We make the employment process easier and faster for you. Please call Norman Staffing for your employment needs at 338-9111, 338-9111, or normanstaffing.com. Salisbury Bank is your friendly hometown bank with 14 branches throughout the tri-state area. Salisbury Bank offers personal and business banking, mortgages, and commercial loans. Salisbury Bank is your local community bank with local decision-making and high service. Your local bank for all of your local needs. Salisbury Bank and Trust Company, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Salisbury Bank, because where you bank matters. Hello, hello. We are back with Radio Rotary and Jonah Treepwasser, my co-host, and I have been chatting with a good friend of this show's, and we hope that we're equally as good friends to Mental Health America of Dutchess County. We're chatting with the CEO, Executive Director, Andrew O'Grady. So welcome back, Andrew. And just to uh, give our listeners who may have just joined us a little bit of a recap of exactly, exactly what is 
MHA Mental Health America in our community here. We're a community-based organization that serves about 6,000 people in Dutchess County in various programs. And uh, we're just real happy to be uh, part of this community. And we, we try to be a true community partner in everything we do. I think the most important thing about our organization is that if we don't provide what it is that uh, you need and you call us, we will point you in the right direction. And we're not going to tell you you have a wrong door and you have to go find it on your own. We'll help you find it. Now, speaking of calling you, now would be a good time to get out your contact information. And folks at home, get a pencil and paper because our great guest, Andrew O'Grady, will repeat this in the next portion of the program. But if someone has a mental health concern, either for themselves or for a loved one, a friend, coworker, how do they get a hold of you? And and after you give the information, again, list all the things you do because it's an amazing amount of things. Go ahead, Dan. It really is a great lunch list. And, and, and I'm reminded every time how much y'all do, Andrew. So take it away. Thank you. So uh, there's a couple ways you can reach out to us. You can call us at 845-473-2500. That's 845-473-2500. You can go on the website and uh, check us out. You can obviously just Google Mental Health America of Dutchess County, but it's mhaduchess.org, mhaduchess.org. On our website, we have Ask an Expert, so you can feel free to Type a question in and it will come right to our emails and we'll get back to you with an answer. That's maybe the most efficient way. Uh, we provide services uh, throughout Dutchess County. Uh, we have a day treatment program for people with uh, chronic mental health disorders uh, in the Beacon area. So we serve all of Southern Dutchess for that. Uh, it's a day psychoeducational program where people can learn um, how to uh, manage their daily activities, how to talk to their psychiatrist, how to talk to the therapist, how to talk about symptoms, uh, how to manage money. We teach independent living skills there. Uh, we have uh, a number of programs that work with the police department. Uh, we, we're embedded within the Hyde Park Police Department now, Poughkeepsie City of Poughkeepsie. We're embedded within the City of Beacon Police Department. We're in talks with the Fishkill and East Fishkill Police Departments. Uh, so we're, we're really working on that initiative, which is very helpful. We have a mobile crisis team, as I mentioned before. We do community-based care management. We have children's services. We have uh, – uh, there's there's just too many to name. Too many so so like you said, if you have any kind of struggle, you feel like you're struggling in a myriad of ways to reach out and you can um, directly get the help or point people in the right direction. So this isn't Andrew O'Grady doing all this stuff and no. answering phones no. all the time or the emails or the texts, what have you. Um, so how many people are on staff at MHA and uh, are they social workers um, I know we talked a little bit about how the connection to the community has changed from a less formal therapist or patient-based doctor relationship and in a more direct um, way that, that seems to be a little bit more supportive and realistic. So how do you make that happen with the staff that you have and what is the criteria of, of being on staff at MHA? Well, many of our uh, programs require different staffing. I think about our addiction services, which we've talked about on this show before, where you have three community residences and a crisis center as well as supported housing for people with addiction and, and are in recovery. Uh, their qualify, the qualifications for those individuals can range from we have a we have a psychiatric nurse practitioner as a as our medical director. We have nurses, we have social workers, um, and then we have uh, CASACs and we have uh, people that don't have any of those qualifications. Uh, we 
we have 285 employees. It's a very large organization. And um, there's so many different levels of uh, of educational background and training. So really, uh, you know, put this out there for people looking for work. I mean, you could always go to our website and see what's available. Um, and you don't have to have a master's degree in social work or a psychiatric degree to work here. I mean, we, we as long as you have a good heart and you want to help and help people and uh, you want to dive right in and do your very best to help people, we're here to we're here to we, we potentially employ you to do that. We would love to train you internally. Now, Andrew, you mentioned the website, so why don't you give us that contact information again and folks don't get that pencil and paper. Go ahead, Andrew. It's uh, The phone number is 845-473-2500, and the website is mhaduchess.org, mhaduchess.org. Now, Andrew, there's been some controversy about uh, whether to send police officers as first responders to someone who's mentally ill and, and maybe a danger to himself or others, or a mental health worker. And the problem, of course, is the mental health worker is not going to be carrying a sidearm the way our police officers are. And that person who's disturbed may have a weapon, a knife, a gun, whatever. Uh, where does where do you come down on that? Do, do you think that the mental health professionals should be the first responders or keep it to the police or maybe go out as teams? I don't believe that mental health uh, workers should be the first responders. In many ways, uh, our agency and agencies like ours have been first responders. We have gone out to things that police weren't called on. Our mobile crisis team goes out, but our mobile crisis team also uh, does a really good job of screening what the situation is before they go. And we we will, if there's any chance that this is a potentially violent situation, we want the police to respond with us and first. Right. We've had terrible situations where somebody came around a corner with our mobile team there behind two police officers. Somebody came out of the bedroom with no warning whatsoever with a screwdriver, stabbed the police officer in the neck while our mobile team workers were there. They ran out. The police had to tackle the person. and It was a big deal. So I don't believe, we don't believe at all that we are here to replace police departments in any way, shape or form. We want to be a tool in the toolbox of the police department. With our programs, we find that we are able to go to a scene with the police officer. Uh, The police officers will make sure that everything is safe. Our guys nod to the police officers. They communicate with them and they say, you know, I can take it from here. And then they help the person find uh, the services that they need and link them to them. These are the police. These are the people embedded within the police department. So think about that scenario. We're, we're we're embedded with the police department. We go to a scene. We talk to the individual after the police are done doing what they have to do. We say, you know, you should you should look into this. You should look into that. And then we call them the very next day as if we're the police department. We call them and we say, you know, we had an interaction with you yesterday and we want to make sure you followed up and went to call this place to get some help. Did you do that? Can I help you do that? I mean, think about that. That That's a great thing for the police. That is a great partnership and makes so much sense. But let's dial it back a little bit because we were talking about kind of our checkup. Uh, mental health first aid here, I think it was coined as. But um, not everything is a violent situation. No, no. Me too. You don't have a lot of time left in this segment, but I would like to touch on, you know, if if you're you have a loved one or a friend or somebody you're very close to, what do you do to give them the support? You're not calling the police. If you no. find depressed or you think that they're I have I have a fam- close family member who is bipolar and I can tell by the tone of the voice on the phone if they've not if they're not taking their meds so you know how do you let's if, if we may Joan in the next segment I know we're, sure. we need 
wind it down here. And Andrew, just talk about about that piece of it. That's a great place. Let's talk about mental health first aid at the next segment for sure. That that is a a class that somebody can take that's eight hours long. Um, I encourage everybody to take it. Uh, We offer it. You can check on our website and see when we're offering that class. Many other agencies are offering it. You you come out of that with a, a sense of of confidence that you can have a conversation with somebody that's struggling with whatever their mental health issue is. Before we sign off, give the website again one more time. MHAduchess.org. MHAduchess.org. And we'll pick it up with our conversation about mental health first aid with our great guest, Andrew O'Grady of Mental Health America of Dutchess County, right after these important messages. So stay tuned. Hi. This is Beth Jones of Third Eye Associates Limited, providing life planning, financial transition planning, and wealth management strategies to help you integrate your life and your money. We are a fee-only registered investment advisory firm with offices in New York City, Washington, D.C., and Red Hook, New York. Contact us to see how you can put Third Eye to work for you. ThirdEyeAssociates.com or call us at 845-752-2216. Hi, I'm Krista Hines, Executive Director of Hudson River Housing, a local nonprofit dedicated to helping communities in the Mid-Hudson Valley thrive. We believe that everyone deserves the opportunity to live in safe and affordable housing. No matter what your housing concern may be, you can count on us for assistance. Maybe you're looking to buy your first home and don't know where to start, or possibly seeking an affordable apartment to rent for you and your family. Or perhaps you found yourself in need of safe and supportive shelter with a compassionate team committed to helping you overcome the challenges of homelessness. We're here to help every step of the way. Please visit us online at HudsonRiverHousing.org or call us today at 845-454-5176. Again, that number, 845-454-5176. You are listening to 92.9 and 96.5 WBPM. And there's more of this week's Radio Rotary Show coming up. Hi, I'm Meg Mullins from the Mark Foundation, supporting the Mid-Hudson Addiction Recovery Community. Our mission is prevention of and recovery from substance misuse. Among our projects, we fund scholarships for therapists, transitions from community housing, and the Overdose Awareness Memorial located on the Dutchess County Rail Trail. Visit our website at mark-foundation.org to learn more or to make a donation. Hello, hello. It's Sarah O'Connell Clater, joined by my co-host, the effervescent. You're very bubbly today. Well, I had my Wheaties. Glosser. Drinking your herbal tea. Um, You're on your game this morning, but we're chatting with a good friend of the show, Andrew O'Grady, who is the CEO and executive director of Mental Health America, better known as MHA here in Dutchess County, that does just mega amounts of things to help people who are really struggling um, with all kinds of issues, homelessness, drug abuse, if they are depressed. And we wanted to circle back Andrew, and talk about as a concerned citizen or concerned uh, friendship or family member, if you notice something that you feel like someone really needs some some support. Um, we, I think it was coined as for, uh, first aid, mental health first aid or a mental health checkup here. So can, can we just chat a little bit about that 
Yeah, of course. Uh, so mental health first aid is a course that's eight hours long and we can, um, you can learn skills necessary, uh, to, to having a conversation with somebody. So we all know somebody or have seen somebody. It could be somebody in our family, could be a coworker, could be somebody that you, that you are familiar with that just seems a little more isolated than, than normal. Um, maybe t- more tired than normal. Um, maybe crying, maybe whatever. I mean, you, you, people don't feel comfortable going, are you okay? Are having open a conversation. Sometimes people like turn the other way and walk down the other aisle if they see that. The, this gives you the skill set and the ability to um, to feel comfortable and confident in, you know, broaching the subject and asking if somebody is okay. And it sounds simple and basic, but it, it's not. You take this course, you don't become a therapist, you don't become a doctor. It just gives you the skill set and the confidence to be able to talk to people. Think of it like CPR. Think of it like uh, physical first aid. It's just something that you can take to, to literally make you um, a better um, citizen to other people in this world and a better friend, a better yeah. friend. Yes. Yes. A better friend. It's a lot easier to to turn the other way and avoid that and not have that conversation. And uh, we don't want to do that. We want to ask people if they're okay. And, and it ties into, it ties into suicide a little bit. You know, people, people don't engage somebody that's struggling. They don't ask the question, are you okay? They don't know how to bring it out and tell somebody because they're ashamed about it. So they live in silence. It eats them up inside. And sooner or later, you know, uh, depression can kill people. And and and, and it, it, it does. So we don't want it to ever spin out of control and get it that, that far. Uh, that's why we want to have conversations and feel comfortable communicating. You know, the problem may be that the first time you have the conversation, your friend, your loved one is going to say, I'm fine. Get off my back. Leave me alone. Do you stop there or do you figure, well, at first you don't succeed, try, try again. You know, there's a fine line between really upsetting someone and probing to get to the heart of the issue. What do you suggest, Andrew? I think you try, try again. You don't have to be in their face and you don't have to, you know, at that moment, if they're saying that, you know, I think this course teaches you how to respond to that in an appropriate way and and reduce the level of uh, of, of pushback that you get. Um, it, it gives you that sense and that skill, but also it teaches you to go back the next day, give them a call the next day. Maybe they weren't in the moment that that maybe they were angry that moment and they're pushing you away. But it gives you the ability to try again and teaches you skills to try again, because that's what we have to do. We can't just let that go. And these uh, programs, are they available on your website or you can sign up for them on your website? You can find uh, them on our website. We have two classes coming up at the end of March. Um, other agents do it. We we will have as many of the um, of the of the classes throughout this area. We're going to try to post them all on our website. We may not provide them, but other people will. And your website again is? MHAduchess.org. MHAduchess.org. And it's Mental Health First Aid. Folks, Get a pencil and paper. Andrew will repeat that before the end of the program. Andrew, what got you interested in this kind of work? I'm sorry. Go ahead, Sarah. just want to say these are open to the public classes and they're provided as a public service. So are there are there charge to to sign up and take the classes, Andrew, or, or What's typically, this? typically there was a charge of uh, like twenty five dollars, but I think we're trying to pull down grant money and uh, provide these for free. And, you know, we need to get paid somewhere else to cover the cost for people. Okay, because you are a 501c3, you are, yeah, 
Gotcha, Correct. Gotcha. If, if anybody ever takes the course, you know, anytime you you are, are given a service or a class like that from a not-for-profit, and I'm not talking about Mental Health America right now, think about the fact that, you know, they might be providing it for free. And, you know, a small donation in kind at the end of it, it's not a bad idea. Uh, even if, you know, $20, just that offsets the costs. Many times agencies like mine are not given the money to maybe provide donuts or maybe provide coffee for these kind of things. We want it to be hospitable and 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 easy to come to. And we want people to walk away with a good feeling and, and learn something. So not all of that is always covered by agencies like ours. So a donation, um, in-kind donation on the end is is, is always a nice thing. But it's I, I, we're going to try to provide these for free. Andrew, um, try, try and get across the message to folks that silence is a killer when it comes to mental illness. You think somebody is is upset, is mentally ill, is suicidal, ignoring it and hoping it'll go away can end, end in a tragedy. It's better somebody be angry with you because you tried to help than just ignore the situation. And uh, Andrew, do you agree with that? And if so, give that website one more time. I, I do agree with that. It's always uh, let's not ignore people and, and check in on your neighbors and and call. You know, it's not all about mental health in these winter times. It's peaceful, isolated. It gets dark at five o'clock. You don't see as many of your neighbors walking around your community. Just check in on people. Just be kind and thoughtful and and make a call. And and yes, you can check our website out at mhaduchess.org, mhaduchess.org. If you need any type of assistance of any kind, whether it be addiction, uh, mental health concerns, you just want to link into your therapist and you don't really know how to do that, give us a call. Ask an expert on our website. We will get back to you and we will try to guide you in that way. Andrew O'Grady, thank you so much for everything you do to make life better in the Hudson Valley through better mental health. And thanks for joining us once again on Radio Rotary. Thank you. Our pleasure. And Sarah, who gives us the pleasure of sponsoring Radio Rotary this week? Well, Radio Rotary is sponsored by Mental Health America of Dutchess County. The Mark Foundation, Mid-Hudson Addiction Recovery Community, and our newest sponsor, Hunt and Harvest. Also, Hudson River Housing and the featured Rotary Clubs in New Paltz, Patterson, Pearl River, Pleasant Valley, Poughkeepsie, Arlington, Ramapo Valley, Red Hook, Rhinehack, Ulster County, Suffren, Wallkill East, Wappinger Falls, and Warwick Valley, New York. For the entire Radio Rotary team, my co-host Sarah O'Connell Plater, our producer Kathy Kruger, and our production director Randy Turner, this is Jonah Trebois, thanking you for tuning in and inviting you to join us again next week at this very same time for another edition of Radio Rotary. And don't forget our website, RadioRotaryNow.org. 